Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. Alrighty, welcome to episode seven of Sales Velocity TV and radio. If you're listening, I'm Andrew Cass, Aaron Parkinson to my left. Good to be with you for a fun one today on branding versus marketing. Aaron, how are you doing? You know what? It's what we call in my house fry yay. Fry so, fry. Is that right? Fry yay is your Friday. Fry yay. Fry yay in the Parkinson household. That's right. Three kids, wife, couple of dogs. Fry yay is uh, the end of always a very busy week. Uh, excited for the uh, the onslaught, as you are well aware, of kid extracurricular activities uh, coming up for the weekend. Wait, wait till you hear about this. Are you ready for this? Uh, yeah, I'm always ready. You know, you have a son about the same age as my son. My son Kessler, turning nine this uh, this weekend, and uh, he actually turned nine a couple weeks ago. Oh, We're having his right. party this weekend. Yeah, we talked about that. He's one month ahead of my son. That's right. That's right. And uh, here on my beautiful island in the Cayman Islands, somebody has had the brilliant idea to bring in a fifth wheel size trailer completely decked out inside with video game stations, virtual reality stations, PlayStations, Xboxes, and it's basically like the gaming party wagon. So this is what nine looks like for a party. This is what game? nine looks like. Who's what? Well, what? You're the one that had it done, or someone else? Whose idea was this? No, you said this is someone. Some, I'm thinking you're that someone. <laughs> no, dude, this is some other some other group. They've 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 maybe it's a franchise of some sort. I don't know, but I saw the pictures as it was coming. The first this is the first time it's ever been used. Oh, cool! It's gonna pull up in front of my house. All the kids in the neighborhood are gonna lose their mind. Yeah, he doesn't even know yet. Yeah. we're gonna toss them all into this thing for a couple hours. They're gonna go gaming crazy, get all sweaty, and then I'm gonna toss them in the pool and jam a cupcake in their mouth and send them out the door. It's gonna be amazing. See you next year. <laughs> That's right. Hundred percent. Thanks for coming. See you next year. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, good stuff. Awesome. Good to be with you here again today. Got a good one here on branding versus marketing. I think it's one of those distinctions that business owners have trouble with because uh, we see so much branding and advertising out there by big companies today that we think, oh, I need to do that. I want to be like Apple. I want to be like Coach. I want to be like Coca Cola. Um, but we start to miss where the real money is and the real money is in marketing. We've talked about funnels and we've talked about offers and different things um, in shows past. But I think this is a good one as we near the end of the year where people are doing a lot of, I don't know, repositioning of their business for the new year, maybe doing some year-end planning. You and I talked a little bit before the show about just the monster, monster numbers that have taken place in the e-commerce world just in the last month since we've all been forced online with COVID. And there's some oh staggering statistics there. So we're going to be talking a lot of online today because, I mean, I watch CNBC almost every day and the numbers that have come in from the Amazons and the Walmarts, and we were talking about some other brands before, which we'll talk about now, are staggering the amount of buying that's happening online. So as a business owner, how are you showing up from a branding and a marketing standpoint on the internet? Because 
you know, who knows when things will get back to normal, but the world is just completely online and it's more accepted now than it's ever been in history. So, you know, maybe whatever good has come out of this pandemic, you know, there's always some good that comes out of things like this, not a lot, but some, uh, but the good that comes out of this for sure is the fact that there's never been a better time to really position your brand in the right way online and to be making a lot of money from the internet right now, like a lot of these companies are. We'll talk about some of these examples here today and how that transitions into the branding and, and marketing conversation. Yeah, I mean, we got to start with the shock and awe Ooh. stuff over the last, you know, you know, last month, last six months. You know, I think from a digital standpoint, it's really important for people to understand that 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 retail sales that have been happening digitally over the last decade have been steadily growing every single year as a portion of the pie. Right. So, you know, of the hundred percent of retail sales that happen in the world in March of this year, the online percentage of that was 18%. And it was not expected to grow to 34% until, uh, 2031, 2031. 2031. That was that was the expected growth rate of the digital side. Jeez. Since COVID hit, the number has jumped from 18% to just shy of 40% in six months' time. So COVID has now compressed a decade of organic growth into six months. That's a fascinating stat that I did not know. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, Cyber Monday wow. this year, new record, $9 billion in sales on Cyber Monday. You know, the, the and, and the funny thing is, is that I've been talking to a lot of, of other experts about this, is, you know, some people are questioning, well, will this just go back to normal? Yeah, yeah, will it, will it retract, you know, back into maybe the, the 20 to 23 range and then start steadily growing again? But a big portion of the people who who are now buying online had no intention of ever buying online, you know, specifically a lot of the older demographic. Yeah. Right. And they were forced into buying online by COVID. They had to shop online to get what they needed due to restrictions and quarantines and shutdowns. And now that they've actually, they've, they've tasted it. They're like, Oh, this is easy. I like this. There's a lot of that demographic experiencing the convenience factor that they never really experienced before. I know I would always have conversations with my mom who's in her 70s and she's always going to the store. And I'm like, you know, mom, you don't need to always physically get up and waste two to three hours to drive. Oh, but I like to go. I, mean, I, I get that you like to go, but you can really save a lot of time in your week by buying online and having it ship. Obviously, Amazon is, is, is dominating the world at this point. But we talked a, a minute ago, Walmart is right behind Amazon when it comes to e-commerce, Aaron. I don't know if you, if you, if you know that, but Walmart, good old-fashioned brick-and-mortar Walmart, America's staple company that nobody thought would make it. Somebody fell behind them like the Kmarts, the Pier 1s we talked about earlier. They all drop like dominoes. But Walmart has, in the, the point of today is Walmart They've invested a ton of money into two things, infrastructure to do e-com and the right people to drive it, which a lot of companies, they don't, they can't nail that one-two punch. To be able to, they're not far behind Amazon with online e-com numbers. So yes, well, you can go into the brick and mortar store. Of course, people love it. But their e-com business is going through the roof right now because they've gone the distance. They were doing this a little bit before COVID, thank God. But there's, there's a lot of companies that are scrambling right now. Um, 
trying to get online, trying to rush because there's so much offline that isn't happening. So there's that dynamic that uh, that is tricky for business owners today. And it, it, it's going to it's going to segue into the branding and the marketing conversation here in a little bit. But interesting to know the economics of what's going on with where the money's going. Right. A lot of times we'll talk sales in the show, but, you know, sales leads to money. Right. And the more sales you make, obviously, the more money you should be making. But following the money is big. And a lot of business owners don't always follow the money and you need to follow the money. And right now, the money, as you just stated, is clearly just going online like never before. It's one of the reasons the stock market seems to defy gravity. Yes. Yeah, that's a that's a big question that a lot of people ask is why is the stock market still propped up? A little baffled by it. Well, the tech is propping it up big time. I mean, I don't know if you if you read yesterday. Andrew, Salesforce just bought Slack saw that. for oh, the numbers were astronomical. A ridiculous amount of 26 billion ish. Yeah, like I, I read that number three times and went, is that right? Is that correct? Yeah. And and the CEO of Salesforce was giddy in his quote. He was so excited about the integration yeah. of Slack and Salesforce. Right. Coming together, he was ecstatic to pay that amount for Slack, which is just mind blowing. Yep. You know, and, you know, when we look at, you know, the the evolution of how things are going, you know, another thing we were talking about this week was, uh, you know, a guy by the name of Ty Lopez, who's a, a, a pretty famous digital marketer, his group this year bought Pier One out of bankruptcy. For $36 million. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, why would anybody buy Pier 1 for $36 million? All the big box stores, all the furniture, all the staff, all the overhead. They want nothing to do with that stuff. They're going to go all e-com, aren't they? 100% Pier 1 will become an e-com powerhouse, my guess, with that group that bought it, right? Absolutely. They're going to go after you know, the segment of the market with the house and the, the Amazon and the winners. And there's a, there's a whole bunch of other ones that are, you know, super, super successful. And they're going to use their, their, their very expansive digital marketing talents to do what should have been done. Yeah. And keywords here should have been done by peer one and seen the writing on the wall before, you know, the proverbial shit hit the fan, you know? Yeah. And here's the interesting part about that is they're going to take a brand so we're talking branding today. They're going to take a brand and they're going to turn it into a marketing powerhouse. That's, That's right. what they're going to do because people recognize, at least in America, I don't know if it's, I think it's an international brand, right? Here one is recognized very well as that, you know, that at home, you know, it's a homey feel, right? Pier Middle one, of I think, the road. You yeah, know, I think West, I love West Elm. West Elm is a great, do you have, do you, do you know West Elm? West Elm. I don't, great. but. So, it's what a, was more it? of a modern kind of a rustic type brand. I love it. And they're doing very well, brick and mortar and online, by the way. They have a great presence. But Pier One now, I don't think you'll ever see a physical Pier One store, but you'll still see the Pier One brand now online with the money they have and, and, and like you said, the digital marketing expertise, they're going to be able, and this is the distinction we'll make today, is they're going to take, a, a, they're going to take the brand recognition and be able to market like never before. They'll, I don't know if they'll recover it or what they paid or whatnot, but that's an interesting shift from a true branded company, brick and mortar, to now a, a, what most likely will become a marketing powerhouse. Yeah, I mean, if you look at something like a restoration hardware, I'm sure you're yeah. familiar with restoration mm-hmm. hardware. They're like a high-end version of Pier One. Yeah, their their business hasn't gone down. They're killing it online right now because their identity, their brand, is very strong. 
right? When you walk into a restoration hardware, there's a specific expectation feel that you get from their brand. I mean, the one in Miami, I think is the last one I was in, there was like a, a monstrous, it was either one in, in Austin or in Miami that it was, I mean, the place was literally like a, like a castle, Yeah. you know? I mean, everything they did was, was, you know, just beautiful. Yeah. That's how West Elm is. And there's one in my neighborhood, which is my, my, you know, our entire home is West Elm, right? I love that, that look and feel. Right. And it makes you feel good. And that's the key kind of where we're going with this. You feel good about buying from them and you feel good, you know, decorating your house with what they offer because you like how it makes you feel and, and, and you believe that when other people come to your house, they're going to have that same feeling come off of that. And that's really what branding is all about. People often misconstrue branding and marketing, mm-hmm. right? And if we had to really break down the two in its simplest form, and we talked about this before the call today, branding is your why and marketing is your what, right? If, you, you, if anybody's ever studied Seth Godin, you know, what he said was a brand is the set of expectations, memories, stories, and relationship that taken together account for a consumer's decision to choose one product or service over another. And, and when we first started marketing online, you know, almost 20 years ago now, Andrew, Mm. I remember how we scoffed at the branding people. Oh, branding. What a waste of money. What a joke. Just throwing money into the wind. Just all about the logo and the design and the look and feel, right? Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's where our head was at. You know, we were, you know, heavy direct response guys. You know, if you put a dollar in, I want three bucks out. I don't care where, whether it's ugly, whether it's good. I just want to see money in, money out. And, and over the last decade, I've realized that branding is actually everything. If you want to create something long term. Mm -hmm that has a value to it specifically if you want to sell it. But you know, you can go down layers on that. If you want to sell it, if you want to have return customers, you know, if you want to have recurring revenue, you know, if you want to have longevity, because the brand is all about how people feel when they interact with what you offer. Mm -hmm. And the brand is often what differentiates you between anything else, that's on the marketplace. And let's be honest with all the services we've got these days offered to us and the products we've got offered to us and stuff. I mean, most of this stuff is becoming pretty commoditized. Yeah. A lot of things are, you know, you know, we talked about, um, you know, Geico before this call, right? What is Geico? Geico is an insurance company. How do you feel, Andrew, when you think insurance company? It's not the most exciting thing in the world. No. And, and how and, do you, and, and they're, you know, a lot of me too companies. That's, that's, you know, those are huge branding plays, by the way, all of these companies, they're huge branding and celebrity plays. Now you're noticing too, right. And insurance. Right. Absolutely. And, and the reason why they invest so much in branding is because if you look at insurance as the example, insurance is commoditized and not only is insurance commoditized, the perception of insurance to the average person is it something I have to have, but I don't want? They don't really care about me. I'm just a cog in the machine. They're just a bank. There's some big scary thing, yep. right? So if 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 the perception of the consumer is that, how do you overcome that? 
right? Yep. So that you can segment yourself out from everybody else. Well, what Geico did is they said, let's put the opposite of everything that people feels about insurance into a commercial. They got the cute kind of make cartoon. it make it a little fun, a little entertaining. Yeah, goofy. They, they, got the, they, they got that cute cartoony gecko. Yeah, the little lizard. You know, he had the British accent. Well, which, the fact that which, we know those details, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what the, the British accent always, especially to Americans, gives credibility. You know, I'm a sucker for it, too. I always think that British people are like more intelligent. They've done some and, studies where, and you see that a lot, they've done some studies where that, that, that British slash Australian accent tends to be a little bit more trustworthy, I guess. I've seen. Some. Yeah, it's like this. It's disarming. Yeah. Right. So the whole goal for Geico was to to disarm people. Right. And to and to counteract what everybody thinks insurance is. So they got a cartoon, you know, that's, that's not threatening. They got a cartoon with a British accent. It's kind of cute. It's kind of funny. You know, it, it, it creates this differentiator for us mentally. And then the marketing side of it was 15 minutes can save you 15%. And that jingles, you remember that, that little man. Yeah. That's the marketing side. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause that's, cause you almost got to look at branding and marketing as like, the branding, if you're a human body, is the soul, where the marketing is the muscle, right? Branding is how, is, is how you make your customer feel about interacting with your business. Marketing are the tools that get them to take the next step. Yeah, I don't know if you want to. Yeah, and it's and listen, it's both, not one or the other. I think the 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 distinction that that business owners that don't have the capital and the awareness of a Geico or a Pier One or a Walmart has, is they try to do one or the other, and they think it's which one's better, which one should I commit to? But at the end of the day, it's really both. And we talked about this before. Branding, branding is is just to me, it's just visibility, credibility. It's how you create trust. Because we talked about this. I don't know if it was episode four or five where. If you're marketing and you have a funnel or a sales process out there and you're selling a product and a service, you're doing, I don't know, strategy calls, you're driving people to a website or a webinar, a lot of times people are going to go, well, that sounds good, but let me go over here now and do some research and deconstruct who these people are and what they're offering. And how do they do that? They go to social media. They might Google you, but for the most part, they're checking your website, your Facebook, your Instagram, maybe YouTube, LinkedIn, perhaps Twitter, and they're saying, what is this brand that I'm considering doing business with? What are they have they maintained a, a, a presence in the marketing place that is congruent with the marketing I just saw, right? Yep. And this is now how so many quiet sales get made, right? There's, there's the sales that get made right away. There's always that chunk of 5 or 10% that get, get, get made right away. But then that after effect of sales of how your branding is, is to me the quiet behind the scenes sales that take place when people go to verify your credibility based on how your brand is positioned in the marketplace. And that's what we want to talk about here today is is this portfolio approach that we've been talking about in prior episodes of having branding and marketing, having multiple different lead sources, having multiple different sales processes, right? I talk a lot about you know, communicating in multiple different ways with customers, email, text, and voice, right? The more of the more portfolio approach you take with anything, and especially the branding, the better, because then you start, it starts to feel like, wow, this person is everywhere. What they're doing must be great. And I sure probably can trust them because they're everywhere. Yeah. Right? And that's part, I mean, the, the, the being everywhere, the being omnipresent, you know, the email, the SMS, the, the, all of that stuff, that's the marketing, 
you know, that's the, that's the tool, that's the muscle that gets people in, you know, the, the branding side of it is around your, your core tenants and beliefs of your company, you know, how you want to show up, how you want to look, what matters to you. And, and, and a lot of people think when they're small, they can't, they, they can't afford a big branding budget. So they think of branding kind of like the Geico example. They're like, well, I can't go out and be, you know, putting all this money into branding. No, 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 no. Branding is just your core tenants and beliefs of your company. And, and you know, I'll give an example. Cass, you, you've been big on this for a really, really long time. Everybody who comes into Pipeline Pro, your software, they get a call, a welcome call, no matter what. And, and you've always done that because it's important for you to let the customer know that it's a business run by real people who really care about the fact that they're there and are really there to support them. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people say, I can't believe I got a real phone call from a real human. <clears throat> yep. Just thanking me for signing up. It's been happening for years in so many different business ventures we've been into. It's, you think like the phone was a brand new invention, but you're right. That is a branding play. Yeah, that, that is a, a belief that you have around humanizing and wanting to, to offer the greatest customer experience. And I'll give you another example. Have you ever called GoDaddy support? Yes, they're tremendous. They're, I, I've never met a single person in, in, that I've ever asked that question to that hasn't answered exactly the same way. Very Absolutely helpful. phenomenal. Very Not helpful. only are they fast to respond, super helpful, you know, they will outbound you throughout the year. I don't know if you've, you've had this call, Cass, where they'll outbound you and say, do you know that you've got like 17 domains and we've actually got a package where you can bundle them together and it could save you like 33%? I've They're had that happen to... when I call in, but I've not had a call come to me on that. I've had an outbound call from them. Really? That's yeah. not a pitch to sell me more stuff. That's a pitch to save me money by putting it in a package. So you're calling me to, to give me your company less money to save me money proactively, right? That's one of the core tenants of GoDaddy mm -hmm. is we wanna have the best customer service on the market, right? Any small business can do that. They can say, as of today, we're gonna have the best customer service on the planet. Now, how are we gonna do that? Well, that's where the marketing comes in. You know, one of the, the, the clients, you know, that I had this year, um, they sent a video a thank you video by text to every single customer who bought a supplement from them. I think, yeah, I remember you told me that. Right? And, and half the guy's day is taken up sending these customized, you know, by name videos thanking people for what they do. What type of, of reciprocity does that build with your clients? Because now they feel like they've got a connection to you, the owner, and it's, it's much more difficult to say no to somebody that you like than it is to say no to just a, a you know, a commoditized product or service. Right, right. right? Yep, yep. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, I th I think the, 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 the bigger distinction too is we talk about branding is where the trust can get broken or where the breakdowns can happen with branding is when sure. everything is broken. For example, your website has a look and feel, but then your brochure has a different look and feel. 
but your funnel looks completely different than that look and feel. And then when yep. I become a customer and I'm now inside this ecosystem of yours and your emails look a different way, like the branding doesn't carry through. So congruency equals distrust. Lack of congruency equals lack of trust. When there's Absolutely. congruency breakdowns, it looks sloppy and unorganized. And subconsciously we think, well, you know, we tend not to trust this organized, unthoughtful people. And when your branding is not consistent and congruent and really dialed in from your marketing and back to your branding and vice versa, things look broken. You look very disorganized. You look like things are falling apart. You look like you don't have your acts together. And we see this a lot. I must, I, I probably on a daily basis speak to at least three to five business owners a day on something, you know, some topic. And a lot of times I'll just look at what they have out there, went from a website to a sales funnel to a sales process, whatever. And just, I can, I can always, not always, but 90% of the time I can see the branding breakdowns and I can see the lack of congruency and consistency through the process. And I usually know that that's ultimately going to equal less sales. It's going to be a sales breakdown, right? So when we talk about this branding thing, it has to carry through and everything that you do, and ultimately when you get to the marketing, which is your service, your product, your funnels, whatever, um, you, you know, it's a, it's a logical next step. And it's not just this random act of selling, right? No, and like we've talked about before, if people are coming to your store, if they're coming to your site, if they're emailing you, if they're setting up a Zoom session or whatever, they already want to buy from you. They already want to buy your product or service. Now it's this score that's starting from a hundred and getting chipped away down to zero. And if you, if you drop below like 90, you're not getting the sale where they're starting to look at the things that make them know, like, and trust you. Yeah. Right. And there's this checkbox that's going off in their head. Oh, can I Google them? Oh, they don't show up on the first page. Ooh, maybe they're not as good as, as, as I thought. Oh, they're reviews, right? Oh, they got three star reviews all over the place. Ooh. You know, I'm not sure about that. Oh, you know, their links aren't clickable on their site. They oh, haven't no posted anything number. relevant on social media in two months, right? There's, yeah, they, they there's all those little elements. Those are branding breakdowns. Right. No post on social media in two months. Oh, on the things that they have posted, people commented back and forth and nobody replied, right? All of these things fall into sort of this, this like and trust score chart. That if you start to, to drop too fast, it doesn't really matter what your tactics are, what your marketing are. You've already lost the trust of the client and now you can't go back. They're going to go look for somebody else that likes and trust, that they like and trust at the level that falls in their parameters. Yep. Agreed. And you don't have a lot of time because again, when somebody's on your marketing, right, talking marketing now. So whether you're selling a product or a service and somebody is at that point where they're looking into your product and service, and then they want to verify credibility and start looking at the brand. Can I trust the brand? So far, what I hear is sounds great. And again, they'd go website, they go social, they go these channels. They don't, they're not going to hang out and spend an hour and just try to find a reason to buy. They're probably going to spend a few minutes and try to find a reason not to buy. So your brand needs to be dialed in from social properties to website properties to your marketing properties so that when you're making that presentation, whether it be on a Zoom, whether it be on a webinar, whether it be on a funnel, on a website, right, wherever that offer is being made for your fill-in-the-blank product and service, it, ne it, it, it needs to be done in a way where 
everything behind it is prepared because a lot of them will go outside. They won't buy now, as we talked about, and they will go around you and start figuring out how is this person positioned in the marketplace, right? So if you're ready to make an offer and sell marketing, you best have the branding and the positioning done first because that is what is going to be looked at in a lot of cases before someone buys. So you see how it's almost like this, it's like this circle, this, this perpetual circle where, yes, you could go have a great funnel and a great sales page and go sell, but just understand that the 95% that don't buy, there could be a good chunk of 20% that are over here, right, looking to see who, who are they, what is the brand about, how do they show up on social, what is their website, do they have reviews, do they have testimonials, do they have case studies, and they're then coming back to buy based on that. So the incomplete pieces, we see a lot of business owners who want to rush to the market to sell, which is great. Nice to have that enthusiasm and that, and that, and that implementation mindset, but they haven't taken some time to just secure that the brand is positioned right because that will be a research piece for many. Absolutely. Does that make sense? And, and yeah, it, it makes complete sense. And I think that you know a, a big part that a lot of people don't talk about is the personality Right, and we've mentioned it a lot here. I mean, we've probably brought it up in three episodes, humanizing yeah, I mean, this whole thing. Right, it it allows you to be a differentiator in a commoditized world. And I'll, I'll give you my favorite um, example of all time of this. You've seen the commercial. I think I've I may even showed it to you before of Dollar Shave Club. Yes, they got bought, didn't they? They did get bought. By so Unilever Dollar Company? Shave Club was a subscription service that shipped men their razors you know, every single month. Yeah. And they, they, the guy, the CEO pitched it all over, you know, uh, LA and the West coast and people just shot him down, shot him down, shot him down. And then if you've never seen the commercial before, go on YouTube, put in dollar shave club, the CEO, the CEO himself did it. And he's kind of a funny, quirky guy. And the commercial is hilarious. Like it is one of the funniest commercials yeah, I've ever seen these. shot. Yeah, and yeah. he did it for like 15 grand all in on this, on this commercial. And that one commercial was the core anchor piece to their branding. What they, what they believed, why they believed that like the big companies like Gillette and all those companies were just robbing us, charging us all this money for, for razors and giving all of our money to Roger Federer as their sponsor and like all these hilarious the traditional pieces. big brand way. That, yeah, exactly. And, and he, they went and put that out. That $15,000 video is almost the sole reason that four years later, Unilever bought them out for $1.1 billion. Mm. Right. And if you watch the video, it's his personality. He's funny. It's He's total entertainment. Big yeah, brands. It's, it's total entertainment, right? He's total. It's totally entertaining. So as a, as a small company, you know, a small company, a small service provider, Whatever it might be, there's nothing more powerful than talking about your beliefs. And Simon Sinek talked about this in Start With Why, right? Your goal should not be to sell to everybody. Your goal should be to sell to people who believe what you believe. That's the branding part, is getting clear on your beliefs of the industry that you're in, where the problems are, what you solve, what you're gonna to bring to the marketplace, the value that you're gonna add, how you're gonna make customers feel, how your fulfillment's gonna be, how your follow-up's gonna be, how you're gonna treat your staff, all of it. Mm. It's what you believe, right? And, and 
people who, who believe what you believe will resonate with you at a core level. And that's where buying decisions are made. That's where tribal belief is created, right? So if you're a small company, just get really clear on what you believe about your product, your industry, your competitors, how you want your customers to feel. And that's what drives the creation of the brand identity. Mm. And listen, if you don't have the budget of a Geico or Unilever or one of these big companies, you have to personalize the, you're, 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 the way that you're going to fix that is by personalizing the way you, you, your company is set up and the way you brand. You can't hide behind a company and a logo unless you have a $10 million a month advertising budget to overcome the fact that it's not a humanized company, right? So if you're saying to yourself, well, Geico's Geico and State Farm is State Farm. Yep, true. But since you're not Geico or State Farm in that example, you're going to have to somehow personalize and humanize your brand so that people can become attracted to what it is that you do from a personal standpoint, not from a big company branding standpoint. That's the biggest distinction in branding and marketing of all right there is the fact that if you don't have an unlimited monster privately funded budget where you can market a brand and a logo and a company and a set of services, then you don't have a choice. You're going to have to humanize the experience and become the brand. And a lot of times that's like, oh, no, I was never expecting that information, right? That's, that's like bad news for a lot of people. I have to become the brand right now. And the answer is, unfortunately, or fortunately for some, if you want to scale and grow and you don't have the budget or the private funding and you're not a publicly traded company and you don't have an unlimited advertising budget to throw billboards all over the place and just give Facebook and Google your money and not really hold that money accountable, then without question, you're going to need to become the brand. And when you do, and it may be uncomfortable at first, your business will do things you never thought possible because people will buy from people that they know, like, and trust more than they will buy from big company brands that just spend money to spend money. It's true. It's a, it sometimes is not the most welcoming news because if you're not an out front kind of guy like you and I, we have a show, we're on videos, we do Zooms, we've been online for years, you know, we have a podcast. I mean, it's it's we've talked about this before. It's easy. It's easier today than ever to pull off because of all the technology and all the media and all the different opportunities. Uh, but again, still so few do it and so many resist it. And well, it's so let's, important let's, to find, you know, this Aaron, right? Like you got to find, I don't remember if this was episode five or six is what is your publishing platform that you can become the brand in today? I think the easiest one to do is a podcast because you can actually hide behind the computer with a podcast. I mean, what a great way to get your, your brand out there by, you don't even have to be seen. You can be just heard. We like to be seen and heard because it gives us two forms of media, not one, but maybe that isn't for everybody. But what were you going to say? You're going to talk about some. Well, I, I was just going to look at an example because you make a good point. Like the fastest way to brand your business when you're starting out small to medium size is to create the personality, use your personality and talk about your whys and your beliefs because you and your own set of belief systems is now the brand that carries over the company, right? Yes. And, and a, a great example of this almost to close the loop on the beginning of the show is if you look at Ty Lopez as an example. Nobody knew who Ty Lopez was five years ago. And maybe people on this show have, still don't know who Ty Lopez is. It doesn't matter, right? But he was considered, considered the number one social media marketer in the world in 2019, I believe, by Wired Magazine. And what he did is he put together, gosh, maybe 30 different content pieces and he tested them all on Facebook and YouTube until he had one breakthrough content piece 
that people loved and shared like crazy. And it was here in my garage. You see, have you seen that ad? Yeah. Well, it's almost like this Dollar Shave Club commercial. It's the same concept. hundred percent. And and it was shot with the phone, selfie video style, I think here I in my garage. Yeah. He was talking about his Ferrari and his books and blah, 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 blah. And that one video went so crazy that he put budget behind it and it grew and grew and grew. And then he started an information marketing company underneath the, the momentum of that. And then he grew that information marketing company so big that now the guy just bought Pier One, right? He went from selfie video to I bought Pier One in five years. Fascinating journey right there. Right? He didn't have the big budget. But here's, here's how that would not have happened if he didn't decide to become the brand and be right. out in front and personalize the business with him and a personality and humanizing it because that's what attracts people to go to the next step is a lot of, it, it's rare that you'll pull it off trying to become a big, boring company, right? It just, yeah, it, it probably it takes won't happen. Way more money to and do here's, it that And way. here's the other side of the, so here's the marketing side of things right now. And we've talked about this before in, 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 in different episodes too is, is when it comes time to do the marketing because the brand has been successfully put in place. And by the way, this, this doesn't have to become this, I'm going to go spend a year getting my brand in place. Like you could do this in a weekend. You could say, listen, let's just make sure our website and our social media properties, we're either in or we're out on social media. We're not going to show up part-time. If we're going to have a Facebook presence and if we're going to have an Instagram presence and if we're going to decide that we're not going to have a YouTube present, presence, fine. Those decisions need to get made. We're going to have a website. Fine. That decision needs to get made. Those properties need to be relevant up to speed, updated, consistent, congruent across the board so that when it comes time to market and sell and do presentations, you then have that, that support behind you, that branding support behind you. So then when it comes time to market and sell and make a presentation, you have that, like we talked about earlier, if you get searched and if you get due diligence, right, they'll see that you are, you've, you've carefully thought about your brand. But when it comes to the marketing side of things now, and we've talked about this, I think in the funnel episode, is leading with some sort of information or some sort of education will always prevail over leading with products and services. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's over and over again. I feel like I, I sometimes sound like a broken record when I talk about this to business owners. Is is if you're just gonna have, if you're just gonna throw your products and services out there, you're just it's such a big leap. I mean, it's almost like you're asking for pain in the sales process. But if you want to put your sale your products and services a little bit further back in the process and you want to lead with a webinar or a free report or a guide or a demo or of some sort, it will be the amount of leads that you'll be able to manage, the amount of leads that you'll be able to get and the amount of deal flow that you will have will be astronomical compared to the just products and services, products and services. And sometimes well, that's a bigger leap, Aaron, because it's like, what do you mean? I have to create some well, sort let's, of let's, education let's give an example. component first. What is it, right? Let, let, let's give an example in the real world, right? And we talked about this before the show. Um, I'm friends with a guy named Ezra Firestone. He started a business called Boom by Cindy Joseph. It is a, it's a skin cream business, female, you know, beauty line. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and in his words, it's more goop, more bottles. That's his whole business. More goop, more bottles. His words, not mine. Right. But what he understands is very clearly he's in the more goop, more bottles business, which means he's a commodity. There's a million competitors. How am I going to stand out? How am I going to be different? He led with his belief system 
and, and I know him, so I know this is his belief system, where he was irritated by the fact that once women got over the age of 50, they were, they were viewed as unattractive. So his whole brand is built around the concept of the pro-age revolution, right? Everything they put out is around how women over the age of 50 are beautiful, they're different, so they have to approach things a little bit differently, but they're beautiful nonetheless, and, and that was his whole, his whole brand was based off of that. So when he went and he put out his first piece of marketing, his, his first most successful piece, they gave, uh, they put out an article called five makeup tips for women over the age of 50. There you go. It wasn't skin cream for women over the age of 50. It was five makeup tips for women over the age of 50. And they gave away this great piece of value and then they sort of talked about their why, their branding, right? We, you know, at, at, at Boom by Cindy Joseph, we believe that women over the age of 50 are beautiful and they're misunderstood and they're, they're underserved and blah, 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 blah. Oh, and by the way, if you'd like some help, you know, supporting you in this belief system, we've got our Boom Glow Sticks, right? And That's the marketing, up, by the way. There's the marketing, right? There's that value piece you talk about first. Yep. And that one core piece of content that he put a ton of paid media behind when they launched it, that company has now gone from, I think in their first year they did, I think they did about three, three million in revenue. And, I'm, and Ezra might hit me later and get mad at me. Maybe it was more than that. I don't know. But they're on track this year to do 35 to 40. And it's only four years in. Five years, that company's going to be acquired by like a Revlon or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, for yeah. 100 million bucks. Maybe more. You know, in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. Right? But he understood his why, right? The branding side. Then he created the marketing to support the why. And that's what allowed him to separate himself from the million other Me Too skin cream products. I can go out and white label a skin cream product. There's companies all over the United States right now. I can go and white label the best skin cream on the market, the the, the most effective, the most everything tomorrow. I can call, have a site. Call it whatever, up. right? Yeah, no problem, right? I actually did it earlier this year for a client. That, But then it's why? Yeah. Why is it different? How are we going to differentiate ourselves in the marketplace? Right. That's the branding part. Right. So another great example, by the way, on CNBC, I think it was yesterday. And this is a, it's funny. This is a new lead gen offer from this company that I continue to talk about on the show. Fisher Investments, really smart financial advisors, marketers. You don't usually see this in the financial advi advisory spaces. Really good marketers. You, you, you normally see just kind of brochure style, big brand, throw up a website. So these guys launched the 99 tips for retirement. Beautiful. Call to get our free report or go to the website. They weren't saying call to schedule with an advisor. They weren't saying send us money. They were saying you got to get our 99 tips for a secure retirement. If you're a baby boomer over the age of 60, if you're thinking about retiring soon, you got to have the 99 tips and you can get it by phone or you can go to our website and download it. It's completely free. And that, that's the offer. That's the marketing. But if you then go get that 99 tips 
And then you look at it and you know it's an investment company and you go, you know what, I'm not really ready yet. Let me just go do some due diligence. So now I'm going back around. I'm going to go check out their website. They're probably not big social media people, but they've made that decision. They're out of there. They're not just, they're not dipping their big toe in the water sometimes and then not other times or have a, a Facebook page that hasn't been updated since 1923. They're just not there. They've thought about every single angle of the brand. Most likely they have a really good website and they, they, they have a really nice professional feel and that's where people will go find them. They probably have some great reviews as well, right? So, but that information and that education just opens the mouth huge. I mean, so few will call to book with the advisor. So many will download the report, call, go to the website to get it, that they have this massive lead pool now that they can deal with and nurture and develop. And again, that branding carries through to the lead development too. It's not just what, what's on your website or what's on your social media. It's, it's carrying the brand through the communication with a prospect and then ultimately a customer, right? So you see that there's, 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 it's almost like this spider web effect. And this spider web effect, it all has to, it all has to kind of web together. If there's any breakage, it's lost sales. It's lost conversions. Yeah, and, and the key word that you mentioned there with, with their site is you said, I bet it has a really professional feel, right? What you, that's the branding part. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel like you are credible. Yeah. Right. Credibility is the key. The messaging, the layout, the color scheme, the content, all of it makes me feel like it's professional. And I'll bet you one thing, Aaron. I'll bet you that the that, that the design and the layout of the free report, I'll bet you that when you get to the website, it's not a totally different design and feel and logo. I, I, bet, I bet that the Zero branding chance. and the, the design elements and the way it's laid out carries right over to the brand online. I, I guarantee it. I don't have to even look to know. No, and, and I have a client right now, just to, to, to reinforce what you're saying even further, they're giving away a four day info session via email, all videoed talking about like a free the, four day training that you get one a day. Yeah, or something. They're, they're like 30 to 40 minute video trainings each mm-hmm. talking about mining and investments yep. and pre-placements and what's going on in the state of the economy. And they don't make a pitch till day four. Right. And day mm-hmm. four, it's like a, $2,000 pitch and their conversions are off the charts because they're giving away so much high quality value. People are getting to see them interact through video. Credibility is being established. Relationships mentally are being established. Trust is being established. You know, There's zero chance that we could sell this product by just putting up a, a sales page and a price tag. Which is, which is lazy and unthoughtful. Right. Yeah. It's, it's oftentimes lazy and unthoughtful to just throw up a sales process yeah. and not think about how can I maybe slow down the sales process a little bit to gain more credibility so that I can sell more later. Right. With One of the most valuable pressure. lessons that I ever learned from Dan Kennedy early on was if you have the courage to slow down the sales process a little bit so that you can build credibility, build value, educate, train a little bit, you will be blown away at conversions on the back end. We talk here a lot about selling more with less resistance. That's how you sell more with less resistance is you you take the time to place more value on the front 
and not sell too fast so that when you sell later, you're selling with much less resistance. That's the whole name of the game is how can I, how can I, and, and it's a lot of tweaking. I mean, this isn't like, oh, I'm just going to go it's, do this and it's not. There's so much tinkering that has to happen to slow down a sales process to ultimately make more sales. I know it sounds counterintuitive. How the heck am I going to slow down the sales process to make more sales? That's exactly how you're going to do it. You're going to slow down the sales process to make more sales because during that slowing down period, you're providing information, education, training, value that ultimately will move somebody to a sale or more so a decision that they made not one that was forced upon them. Right. And, and, and again, that, that goes almost ties right back into your brand. When you slow down the sales process, your brand looks less desperate. Great point. Right. Great and, point. And, and I'll give you an example of just what you're talking and about. And there's nothing like, worse than when you just look like you, you have to make the sale to pay like your next phone bill <laughs> or your rent. There's yeah. nothing awesome. looks worse if you come across as desperate. Nothing. Yeah, it's awful. And, and I remember the last time I went to buy a car um, back when I was in Canada, I remember I walked onto the lot. I knew the guy that that was the sales manager at the time. And I looked at a bunch of different stuff. He showed me a bunch of stuff. I, I kind of was kind of was like half settled on, you know, I was, it was my big Dodge Ram, you know, big four by four truck that I wanted to pull my uh, my trailer during like your tough guy days. Yeah. During my tough guy days. And, um, and I was pretty sure I wanted it. And before I even said anything about it, he just grabbed me the keys, chucked it to me and said, take it home, drive it around. See what you think. If you like it, when you come back, like we'll that talk casual, he did it like that nonchalant. Yeah. And what I was a like, great I, idea, right? Just, I said, I can just take this and it, He's like, yeah, whatever, bring it back tomorrow. Let me know when you're coming back and we'll, we'll sit down and we'll talk about it if you're interested. Now I'm out driving it and I'm like, oh, this is good. Yeah, no, I'm testing it on a couple different things. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it for a few hours. I'm looking at how it looks in the driveway. I'm getting emotionally attached to yeah. it. And the fact that there was no pressure from him to make a decision, he let me sell myself over 24 hours. I came back and was like, let's do the paper. He's like, cool, man. You know, yeah, that's a pro. That's a pro a right there. That's a and pro. An amateur. That's a pro. A pro is good. Is okay with things taking some time, and they're okay with a longer cycle. And when they are okay with that, number one, it's less stressful for everybody, right? You and them. That's I think the big lesson is when you do it this way, it's less stressful for everybody. When you have to push and push and push and push and push, it's stressful for not only the the the, the prospect but you as well. So, no question. So when you have the branding right, the marketing tends to get easier and it tends to get a little bit more elegant and a little bit more, it's a little bit more smooth, which is ultimately what we want at the end of the day, right? So it's a whole big, you know, we could talk for hours about the wheel of branding and marketing, but it's both not one or the other, right? Like you said in the beginning, your branding is your why, your marketing is your what. If you're missing a what, you're in trouble. If you're missing a why, you're in trouble. If you have a what and a why together, you're in good shape. And it's going to take some looking into and some analysis and some getting with the team and, you know, really kind of doing an, a top down and an audit of your brand and your marketing. How do you want to bring that into 2021, right? How do you want to end 2020 with, with your branding and your marketing? It's not an easy answer to that question, but it's one that hopefully we gave you some awareness to today. Yeah. And, and I want to end the today's call on that. You know, it's been a crazy year. I mean, we've oh, had boy. so much 
drama. We've had. Well, you mean 2020 has been a little different than the other oh, years? Oh my I goodness! Really, I mean, I've just been over here working, hadn't noticed. <laughs> I, I I was going through it with a friend yesterday, and I, and and just on my island alone, the the dump caught on fire, and we were worried it was going to burn down the whole island. Then we had an earthquake. I remember. That. Then we had COVID hit. Then we had we were locked down for two months, where we couldn't even leave our house. You know, then it was kind of open. Then it was shut down again. Then you know we had um, turmoil. Well, uh, the, the, the elections hit and the, the bombarding of the media. And then, you know, then we had more hurricanes than we've ever had in our life. And, and it rained for 12 weeks. And it, it just kind of feels like this whole year has just been this punch. An avalanche, man. In the gut. It's been an avalanche. Over and over and over again. Yeah. I really believe that everybody needs to take a little break, you know, over December. Take a week, maybe two weeks if you need it. Reevaluate what you want for 21. Get a fresh start. Rebuild your energy stores back up. And maybe... What you need is some fresh eyeballs on what you're doing. Cass, how can people get in contact with you or me to, to put some outside perspective on their branding and their marketing going into 2021? Oh, God, a lot of ways. Get us on social media. Um, you know, obviously, you can, you can we have a little commercial that runs at the end for Pipeline Pro. Obviously, getting into our community of using our sales and marketing software and being part of the sales training is huge. For me, it's andrewjcass.com. For you, it's... I don't even know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's you can you can um, find me at Aaron Parkinson at sevenmilemedia.com. Yeah, it's a lot of ways, and there's show notes below when the when the show hits Apple or Google or Amazon or or Stitcher on the website. I mean, there's so many ways to to reach it. Listen, there's no there's no problem finding people today. No, I, and and that that, that that will put a if bow. you're really hungry for looking, right? Yeah, if it will put a bow on the the branding side of the conversation today. Because if, if you you're branded brand, properly, I yeah. shouldn't have a hard time finding you. No, like, I shouldn't it, have it, to throw out the URLs anymore. No, right? if you want to find me or Andrew, a quick Google search, it you'll find everything that you need. Yeah, exactly, and we can definitely help you. You know, one of the you know we have a private coaching program, which a lot of our pipeline pro members are learning about now. It's not even really. It's interesting because we developed it for all the reasons we're talking about today. It's called the X Three Coaching Group, and the reason we called it that, and probably it will become public eventually. It's more internal now. But no reason why it can't become something that's a little bit more mainstream. But because of what we do and what we see and what we've seen, we know that we can, in a very short time, within a month or so, probably triple a business's conversions and ultimately their profit. That's why we call it 3X, right? X3. Without a whole lot of work. It's just, it's just the second set of eyes or a third set of eyes. They can come in objectively and go, dink, 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 dink. Fix those three things and you're going to double your business, triple your business overnight. You and I do this all the time. It's amazing, actually. And we take it for granted because we've been doing it for so long. But sometimes all it takes is that that other set of eyes, just a quick little tweak. In episode six, is this seven? That was six. In yep. six, we, remember we talked about you should always do an audit of your sales funnel. Like at least mm -hmm. twice a year, you should audit. That word audit is key. You know, you should audit your whole business, not 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 just your money with your accountants. You know, your accountant will do an audit. But you should audit your sales process, your branding, your positioning, and your marketing as frequently as you audit your damn books to do your taxes because that's going to drive the revenue at the end of the day, and we can definitely help you do that. Um, but hopefully this was, this, was, this was instructive today because I still think that the branding and marketing can get mix-matched the wrong way, and it can create confusion, or it really doesn't have to. But, but be, you know, the last thing I want to say, Aaron, is, is be very... Be very conscious and aware of what you see now. 
It's always good. Russell Brunson talks a lot about funnel hacking. That's like his big thing, right? His mantra, right? His big thing is we need to go hack someone's funnel. He's right. Go hack someone's marketing. Go get on someone's list. Go look at how somebody's branding is. Next time you buy a product and a service that you liked, go back and deconstruct the branding. Does the branding tie in with the marketing? Does the marketing tie in with the branding? And become, play prospect with this with this process we talked about here today. Look at some of the businesses that you admire. Look at some of the influencers that you admire and look and see how they play the branding and the marketing game synergistically. It's fascinating when you become aware of this because now you know what to look for. Now you'd be like, oh yeah, look what Jeep is doing you know, from a big brand standpoint. Or, oh my gosh, look what this influencer is doing. He's in a deal with Jeep. I wonder how that happens. So you start to think about how can I as maybe a medium or a small or even a large business play a much bigger game, you'll do it when the branding and the marketing work together synergistically. So we'll leave it there, Aaron. Unless you, I, you got something to say, go ahead. Uh, okay, I'll slip it in. Slip better it in, we have yet. time. Listen, better we're not yet. on anybody's schedule but our own. Oh, be- better yet, go research your own industry and five the, find the five most successful people or businesses in it and look at how they have their branding set up and how they have their marketing processes flowing and look at the things that you can take from them to implement and then look at for their weaknesses and their holes that you can then put your own spin on and try to do it even better. And that will allow you such an advantage in cutting down on your timeline. Really good idea. Really good idea. Because there's somebody in your space you're like, gosh, I just wish I could dominate the space like them. And there's a good chance you probably can. You're missing a few little elements. So yep. we'll leave it there, Aaron. Always a pleasure. Good one here today. Maybe we come back next week and you made a great point at the end. And, you know, I'm a I'm a big wellness and, and, and fitness guy myself, but the energy of being an entrepreneur, the energy required to be a business owner, the energy to be able to sell is 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 a great future topic. Um, yeah. On I, ways I to optimize topic. your performance as a business owner. You know, I'd love to I'd love to to dig into that in the in the weeks ahead. So stay tuned, everybody, for an episode on the energy required to play big in 2021. There's the title right there. I just nailed it by I love accident. It. Perfect. Let's there we go. It. Everybody have a great one. This is Andrew Cast. That's Aaron, Aaron Parkinson. Uh, if you haven't yet, download Sales Velocity Radio on your Apple device or your Google device or on Stitcher and in Pandora or whatever whatever platform you listen to and you know listen to us on the go and we'll see you every Friday 11 a.m. Eastern for the actual TV version of Sales Velocity TV. This one's a wrap. Over and out. We'll see you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.